the marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. Bone marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. Jason Earl, a free-flowing conversation about the creative process with creative people. This is episode 28, and our guest is Sarah Shook, singer, songwriter, guitar player, band leader, and just all-around badass. Pretty much any press you read about Sarah will use that adjective badass to describe her, and it's certainly appropriate, but what immediately struck me about her was first her intelligence, then her warmth of spirit, her kindness, and the sweetness that she carries with her. Don't misunderstand. She was drinking whiskey neat and smoking cigarettes during our conversation, and all that stuff about her being such a badass is very true. It's just that the complexity of the individual you hear on record is exactly who I sat down with outside Dirty Laundry in Orlando, Florida on a recent Thursday night before her band Sarah Shook and the Disarmers played Will's Pub right next door. Sarah greeted me like an old friend and I was just so struck by so much about her. I came in enormously impressed by Sarah Shook the musician and left completely blown away by Sarah the person. You can follow all things Sarah at disarmers.com. Check out her band if they're coming your way. Buy all her records. Unbelievable person, unbelievable musician. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the true honors of my writing and podcasting career, my conversation with Sarah Shook. Exactly. <laughs> Relax. Ooh. 
I think we're all good whenever you want right. to pick that thing up. I'm just going to double check that we're sounding good. I brought you stickers, oh, too. Thank you so much. Check, check. Check one, two. You sound glorious. Awesome. Awesome. Sarah, thank you so much. This is a special thrill because, um, like, um, we have these sort of, with the marinade, we sort of have these uh, sort of our artists, you know? I feel like there are certain artists that we... Um, that we talk about with our on on social media and like my fans do and and we talk about them together and there are people like Austin Lucas there are people like uh, Micah Schnabel who's been on the show a couple of times and Austin's been on the show and you are one of them so this is like a huge thrill for me to get to talk to you so thank <laughs> awesome. you so much of course thanks for having me um, and on top of that uh, years was one of my favorites of 2018 Thank you. I mean, absolutely fantastic. And I want to kind of, you know, the show is really about creative process. And so I kind of want to talk about process more generally and then see where it goes and, okay. um, you know, get more specific about certain things. But I just wonder with you, how you just mentioned that it was a, a bear getting over here from Tampa. Like, how do you? Do you have time to sit and write? Like, it just seems like you have so much going on. It's it's really, really difficult, especially when we're on tour, uh, to write a song. Because typically, I'd, I have to be alone. Uh. And there's not a whole lot of alone time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> constantly surrounded by five other dudes. Yeah. Um, but everyone, I'm, I'm really working on that because I feel like the need is there. And if I'm going to continue writing songs, I can't just right at home because mm -hmm. I'm home so rarely mm -hmm. and when I am home I'm focused on my son and like right. other stuff yeah so um I'm playing around with like like a couple nights this tour I would bring my guitar into the hotel room and um like Petey walks a lot so he'll just like go out for a long walk so just working on stuff then uh yeah. but the way that I used to write um is just it's just really not possible very much anymore what so what have you found that transition to be difficult or is that are, are you are you adjusting to it well enough or is it just I think like so I think so um, and I'm trying other kind of weird things too um, like I wrote uh, a couple days back now I wrote uh, like a little under 1500 word short story in the van Dope. just as like an exercise to like do something different and yeah. like keep writing because I, I love I love writing yeah I, I love it it's yeah. writing a song to me is like one of the most satisfying feelings in the world because when it's done and I know it's done it's just like yes and then the, the next best thing actually maybe the best thing is taking it to my band and then watching what those dudes do with it because yeah. it's magic well you've got a shit hot band yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, we the first practice that we had uh, for the next album we ran through two new songs and I got home from that practice and just like, I couldn't even get out of my car when I parked at my house. Like I just sat in my car and cried for like half an hour. Wow. Cause it was so amazing. Wow. Like it was like just, you know, you, I write these songs from very personal experiences right. and it's like just me and my guitar. And then I bring it to the band and it's just like all of those emotions are like amplified and, but it's in this beautiful, sad way. Like it's just so powerful and humbling. Wow. Yeah. Is the, the new stuff, I feel like, um, you know, it seems like from, from an, a fan's perspective that things have just shot up so quickly for y'all. You've been hustling yeah. for a handful of years really, really hard, but it's just kind of keep another level and another level and another level. Yeah. 
has that impacted this new record? Is it going to sound similar to the last one? Um, it's it's hard to say because um, I mean I think the songs will still very much have the same feel, mm. and I think um, I think there are definitely some uh, surprises in store as well. Um, but in in general, the way that I'm feeling about the way it's shaping up is really positive. I think it's going to be really cool. And one of the things that I love about our fans is that, you know, th they're not just like country fans. Like they mm -hmm. listen to all kinds of stuff like like I do. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think for them, it's like if this if it ends up being like more rock and roll or like more garage or like whatever, um, I think people just like the message of the music. And that's what resonates is the lyrics, because you know, all of these things that make us feel so separated and isolated, going through breakups, losing a job, like yeah. things like that. Those are like the things that make us like together. Right. And we have to figure out the key to like, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's the magic of a, a really good songwriter. That's the magic of your songs is that they are, they have, they tap into that universal understanding and condition. We all go through all of that, that same shit on different levels and in different ways. Absolutely. And the idea that you can, that's the magic of a song. The idea that you can put that into a way, articulate it so that somebody in Wisconsin can hear it in the same way that somebody in Barcelona can hear. Yeah. It, and, know? and I, and my, my hope with that too is, is I want people to, and I, I get this a lot in messages from folks. It's just like your music helps me feel less alone. And it's like, that's because that's because to me, like m your experiences are every bit as valid as my experiences, right, right. you know? And like, I don't have a monopoly on heartache. Yeah. <laughs> we, we all go through yeah. this stuff. Yeah, I had this like I had a situation recently. It reminds me of something uh, this recently where I was I was at a bar and I was having a beer with somebody that I know. We're not friends. We're kind of bar buddies. You yeah. know, you know those oh, folks, yeah. right? Yeah. I got some of those. <laughs> <laughs> and he asked me about the worst day of my life, and uh, it took me a second because like to me, there's no there wasn't one worst day. I've had ups and downs like anybody else in different ways. And so I had to really think through. And the story I told was about losing a friend when I was pretty young. And he was he was 19 and I was like 21 at the time. And, I, I you know, who knows how I articulated that story. But it, that was the thing that stuck with me and hit me so hard. And he looks at me and he goes, that was the worst day of your fucking life. And it made me feel so small for that second that's terrible isn't that oh awful God, that's terrible <laughs> <laughs> it's like well gee th thanks man yeah, yeah thanks i appreciate you you know and i was like well <laughs> shit i'm sorry that i you know that that was my reality and that's the first thing that i thought of right but i didn't i didn't say that to get any to get empathy but i appreciate your empathy <laughs> um but I, I said it to kind of connect to what you were saying about the fact that we all have our shit yeah and one person's isn't necessarily more valid than another or more difficult than another right know? But we're so, in, it's like so ingrained in us because our worlds are so small. And we, yeah. I mean, like I live a very unnatural life, like yeah. being all over the country and all over the world all the time in a van or a plane or whatever right. is like not a natural way to live. Right. And one of the things that especially this past tour um, has, has stood out to me and I went on a Twitter rant about it, mm. but it's just like you, s I see so many people in a day, like in one day of touring between uh, gas station stops and meeting people at the venue and talking to fans after shows like I see so many people and and just like it kills me that you know as especially as Americans but like it it's the world over it's just like people work 
their lives away because they have to work to support themselves mm-hmm. to live. And like the government doesn't give a shit about them. Mm-hmm. They honestly don't give a shit. And especially like corporations and the people at the top of corporations, like mm-hmm. they don't give a shit about, you know, Joe down at the gas station who always gets a hot dog at noon every day for his yeah. lunch. You know what I mean? Right. They don't care. And to me, it's like, I care about Joe. Yeah. Like Joe fucking matters. Well, and that comes through, that comes through in your songs and that comes through in the, the connection that you have. Also, one of the things that I want to kind of touch on maybe later, cause, it, cause you've just given me so much that I want to discuss, but the, the connection that you seem to, that you clearly have with your fans, I should say, right? It's like when, when I watch one of your Instagram stories, I feel like you're talking to me genuinely. I right? am. And that com- right. <laughs> and that sure. comes through <laughs> in this conversation and it comes through in your music too, you know? And that's a, that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. You clearly give a shit about Joe and yeah. his hot dog yeah. and his Mountain Dew, Yep. you know, and whatever that might be. Um, ha- have you learned lessons about that balance? I mean, you are traveling all the time. You are a mother. You are a writer. You are, you know, and then you, I'm sure you have whatever your personal things are as well that we don't necessarily see, Sarah, the, the, the private person. Yeah. How do you balance all that and maintain uh, this career that is clearly, you're, you're keeping your shit together? Like, how do you... Mostly. Have you learned? <laughs> have you, what have you learned lessons about that balance? I, I have, and it's, it's a constant learning process. And, like, referring back to what you were saying earlier, um, it changes so fast. Mm-hmm. And, like, you just have to be so flexible and so willing to learn those lessons and like learn real quick, like on your fast, on your feet constantly. Um, and it's, it's very, this is a very weird, um, and oftentimes difficult job for me because I'm incredibly introverted by nature. Oh wow. And, uh, when I was 21 and I booked my first show, I called my mom to tell her and I thought she hung up on me because she just didn't say anything. I was like, are you there mom? And she was like, no way. She's like, you're wow. telling me you're going to get on a stage in front of people and sing by yourself. And I was like, yeah, I'm terrified. And she's like, I bet you are. Uh-huh. I mean, like when I was when I was a kid, I was so shy. My parents like almost took me to therapy because I wow. would not speak to anyone outside my family. Like just very, very, very shy. Um, and so it's part of part of the motivation for working past that or figuring out how to kind of live with the fact that I'm naturally kind of shy Mm-hmm. is what we were talking about earlier is just like that empathy and mm-hmm. it's like it's fucking important to like talk about this stuff yes um yeah so it's i mean i drink way more than i should mm-hmm. and i know that and i need to quit smoking and i need to start taking better care of myself uh but for now like i mean i i run our social media accounts it's like i'm so i have, i have no time to exercise mm-hmm. you know and it's just like i i need to do that you, you know yeah you got to um kevin brings his bike on tour yeah and just like you've ridden with him I right with him, okay yeah. cool yeah, yeah, yeah. we it was a co- one of the coolest interviews i've ever done we rode bikes around jacksonville i showed him around I used to live up in jacksonville yeah so and i cycle everywhere i barely ever drive yeah i drove here but very rarely do i drive and kevin and i rode around and i interviewed him and we filmed it it was pretty that's cool. pretty rad yeah <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Yeah. But that's his way to do it. You know, yeah. I mean, that in, in finding that outlet is too important. That self-care yeah. is way too important because, of course, you're not able to give to everyone else if you're not being good for you and taking care of you. Right. You know, and then I don't know if you felt this, but I know for me, I, I also think I drink too much. And um, I... I took a, a little bit of a break at the beginning of the year. Me too. Ten days, cold turkey, no smokes, no alcohol. And Ten how did, days. How did and it feel? It, well, after day four, 
It felt great. Yep. And then we went on tour. (laughs) 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 It was like, oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So these are, I think it's, it's good to like have that self-awareness where it's just like okay well this is something we got to work on sure but it's Um, crazy like when you have that when you're not drinking and you're not doing those negative things it's like i I find myself writing oh my god prolifically just like and doing more and just like feeling good because you're accomplishing so much stuff yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's very very good it was a very good uh social experiment for me to just like get off the stuff for 10 days do anything come up other than than that recognition Oh, yeah. Emotional stuff. Oh, yeah. Just like um, because that's the thing about drinking. That's the the great lie of drinking is Mm -hmm. that it like it makes you feel good. And it's you know, it's easier to socialize. And like it is those things. But in a lot of ways for me personally, I can't speak for anyone else. But for me, it's uh, in, in part, it's to have a good time. That's the main motivation. But there's also like a lot of stuff in my past that is just like I don't want to I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to go through it. Yes. And and yeah, by by the time that my body started like being okay with the fact that like I wasn't drinking or smoking. Right. And then like more mental clarity came. It was just like a, an onslaught. I was having like all kinds of like rem- memories and just like the, and it's just like but instead of instead of feeling um intimidated by that like i felt empowered to just like face it and go through go through it yeah and just like let yourself grieve for the sad things that happened because that's so important and um it's just like you you know start drinking every night and you're you like put your you you take away the opportunity to better yourself mentally and psychologically which is like which is important to me i'm not religious by any means i'm actually Mm -hmm. pretty anti-religion in general Mm -hmm. um but I do think that there's a there's a spirituality and to to people there's right. there's something there uh, that we have to nurture. Right, and it's and when you have that clarity of mind, it, it does seem like and to get a little spiritual, it does seem like your soul is unblocked in some ways. I feel like I can give so much more to people when yes. I'm not blocking myself. Yeah, absolutely, and especially I mean, this job is like the exact opposite of what I wanted in terms of, I, I love making music I love writing songs and, mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm certainly not complaining because I know there are a lot of people that work really hard to do this and they never get the chance and yeah. I, I never take that for granted but it's very 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 hard for me especially when people treat me like a celebrity like it just uh, triggers me I can't it's just like uh-huh. I'm a I'm a person just like right. you and like that's the most important thing about my music is like the humanness of it yep um and celebrity culture is just absolutely dehumanizing mm-hmm. and you just become viewed as like a thing or a commodity or like whatever and it's navigating that mentally is real tricky i bet yeah because the balance of like the filter through which we're able now to communicate with people with social media but also the fact that that we can curate that and it's and you know you don't seem to try to curate it from from a consumer's perspective it doesn't seem like you try to curate too hard like you seem to be very very genuine about it but at the same time you're on tour yeah. doing cool shit you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so exactly so like even though that's your genuine nature you're doing rock star shit yeah and so yeah. sometimes it may be um you know there's like this there is a curated kind of feel to it and that lens someone who has never met you yeah it's hard for them to see anything other than that and right tell them they get a chance right you know um very much so uh and and there are times that there are certainly times that i'd navigate that better than others Mm -hmm. um and there are times that um 
most of the time I just try to extricate myself from the situation and other times I'll just be like hey have a conversation with me like I'm you know I'm a real person I'm not just like a person that stands right. on that stage and sings songs at your face like right, I'm right. me you know um so it's it's weird it's it's a very there's just a lot of weird components to this to this uh work do you have mentors that have helped you through some of that stuff like understanding how to navigate those challenges as a singer and especially as an introverted front person i mean i think that uh yeah i don't know yes and no and i i'm pretty uh like unorthodox in my methods i think Mm -hmm. and that applies to like everything in my life um but I don't know. I I see I see uh people that like kind of start out where we did and blow up as quickly as we did um and are continuing. I mean like it's it's crazy. I yeah. I worked on our Instagram account and focused on that for so long because to me that's like how I could actually interact with people the most. Mm-hmm. I I can't tell you how many messages like I send and receive just from people I I don't even know awesome. from all over the world mm-hmm. in one day. Right. Um and I want to be that accessible because I think it's important and um you weed out the crazies, you block them and say mm-hmm. I, you know wish you the best and hope you get the help you need. <laughs> you know, beyond beyond my way, but right. um but I I try to be very accessible and as long as I'm able to do that, I, mm. I think that that's really important. I that's think, great. Yeah. I think it, it makes people feel like they're a part of the music. You know, it's not just music at you. It's like it's part of you. Well, you're right. And it makes a difference. Right. That investment that you have. There's a lot of really great songwriters out there. Yeah. And if you and so uh, and we're fortunate to live in a, a world where we can access a lot of really great music at our fingertips really quickly. Yes. With that comes the challenge of what the hell am I going to listen to? And. That's one of the things I love about the show is that we have been able to turn a lot of people onto artists that I appreciate. You know, like I don't have anybody on the show who I don't admire in some way. Right. And so it's really cool that then I'm able to introduce people to those. And then p- I get these messages that uh, from people that say like, oh, man, my new favorite artist yes, is such and such. Yeah, you know? that's got to be so satisfying. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have this amazing, amazing fan, Zach, who has uh, on his truck. He's up in Minnesota. He's got a marinade sticker and he's got a Sarah Shook sticker. Oh, that's awesome. That's so cool. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so uh, he may have more now, but uh, he sent me a picture of that. Heck know, yeah. Hey, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, so I, I want to circle back to the short story if we can. Yeah. Um, is is that so fiction? Fiction. Specifically? Yes. Um, and is that a, a discipline that you've been working on for a while or is this a new? Brand idea? new brand new um i was just uh my boyfriend gave me um a, i he's so sweet i told him uh kind of early or um early in the fall last year that i was trying to get into reading again there's another thing that like is so important and i yep. just don't have time for yep and he's like i know exactly what you need to read and i'm gonna buy you a book for christmas uh-huh. and he got me this book um that's a collection of short stories um the author's name is Brees dj pancake He's from rural West Virginia, okay. and it's very, it's very violent at times. Mm-hmm. And um, like, I made a post about it on my personal page, and I like posted like, like trigger warning, like there's some stuff in here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so honest and it's so real in the way that he just paints a landscape and drops these characters into it that are, to me, especially growing up, super poor so Mm -hmm. relatable Mm -hmm. um and it was so inspiring and um 
he uh the author uh committed suicide when he was 26 i believe oh man um and i mean i my speculation was that uh like i i felt like maybe he had just like needs he wasn't having met in some way mm. and um i so yeah i got inspired i was just like man i i should write a short story about um you know a young lesbian in west virginia who mm. like gets her first kiss in a bathroom when she's out hanging out with friends mm -hmm. and like because it's so important that those things are presented in this way that's like this is a, an innocent beautiful thing right and you know so many times the media just like absolutely demonizes mm -hmm. members of the lgbtq community mm -hmm. and people fall for it mm -hmm. and i mean on one hand does that make me mad that the media does that yes and it makes me mad that people fall for it mm -hmm. but they still don't know better and so like this is like constant life philosophy is just like everybody is doing the best that they can with what they have and what they know and some people are, are better about like teaching themselves about stuff like this than others are but like we can't just write off people that don't understand yeah. because they didn't get a fair shake either because they were misinformed and misled and so there yeah. has to be some element of compassion and like a genuine earnest desire to be like hey it's it's actually not like that it's it's like this check it out you know i'm so glad you said that and you said it the way you did because there's this temptation and i fall for it all the time to be like every one of you trump voting motherfuckers is a <laughs> bigot <laughs> fucking assholes oh i know you fucking bigots i know but a lot of them aren't in their own minds a lot of right. them are made that vote for a different reason yeah and they did it for their f for what they thought was going to be their economic benefit or whatever it was and they didn't think like well let's expel all the brown people you yeah. know like but in my mind every time i i think about it especially that media point every time i see a headline i know you know and, oh, and I, how guilty are I we i stopped reading the news years ago i was like <laughs> as long as i'm i'm continuing to do behind the scenes activism stuff mm. because it's like and this is one of my, like, there was some article that came out on this tour that was a show preview that referred to me as a liberal, and it really pissed me off. Because uh, I'm a fucking anarchist. Uh, and I was just, and like, and no no disrespect, but it's like, I'm, I'm constantly making the argument that both sides are just as guilty of, of fear-mongering uh -huh. and, like, anger and pointing fingers. Uh -huh. And it's just like, the, the main issue that I see with liberals is just, like, they'll post something progressive on social mm -hmm. media and like pat themselves on the back and go about their day. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, you ain't wrong, but what are you doing to fix it? Right. Like, where's the action? Mm -hmm. You know, that's what needs to happen is like, we need to stop fucking c being self congratulatory dweebs and just like do the work, like uh -huh. boost on the ground work. And that a lot of people, and that's another thing that's, that's really complicated is that a lot of people just don't know what that should look like, which isn't an excuse. Fucking figure it out. Right. <laughs> Figure out how to get right. your boots on the ground. Right. But everybody's activism is different. Yeah. You know, and, and that being said, that's not a cop out. That just means find what use your skills and your voice, whatever that is. Right. In order to advocate for a, a voice to the voiceless, if you can um, exactly. actually lending your time, if you can lending an ear, if you can, whatever yeah. that looks like. For and everybody. having time, I mean, in this day and age, in this society is a privilege mm -hmm. because we're most Americans are out here working nine to five jobs and like too tired to like do anything when they get home because they're right. it's not you know it's this i can't i can't imagine that this is the way that most of us live our lives is like what was meant for us mm. not that i believe in destiny but it's just like human beings are so full of potential and just m magic in our own mm. ways 
and we're just oppressed and we're kept down and we're kept quiet and like we only get the information the media wants us to get Mm -hmm. and uh you know buy this you know go to this place like Mm -hmm. it's just i want to see I want to see human beings empowered. That's that's that is like everything to me. Mm-hmm. Like ha- like having confidence in yourself enough to be like, you know what? I'm gonna take control of my life, and I'm mm. gonna do this. And like, I o- I've just I overthink everything, man. I apologize, oh, but sh- uh, no. yeah. You don't need that. That's what <laughs> you clearly haven't listened to the show. That's what we do. <laughs> so oh well, every, we're a good company. Then, every buddy. fucking episode <laughs> of the show is bad <laughs> in some yeah. <laughs> in some way. Yeah, some shade of what you just Hell said. Yes. <laughs> So yeah, you're gonna you're fitting right in, ma'am. <laughs> I've never been cool. told that before. <laughs> 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 the you know this fiction thing, like um, I, most of the writing that I've done has been like, music journalism. You know, that's the stuff that I've been comfortable putting out there because I feel like I I'm kinda, I can do it, and and that's my that's like my comfort zone. You know, right? I feel, I feel comfortable there. And then when I somebody challenged me a couple years ago to uh, a guy who wrote screenplays he challenged me to write fiction and i was just i was basically like no no fucking way dude Mm -hmm. (laughs) like i can't do that i can't go there that is too hard that has put myself out there way too much because in my mind that felt way more personal than me telling a story about a show or writing about a record that hit me right and then i started doing it yeah and of course it wasn't nearly as bad as i thought it was gonna be yeah and i'm not saying i'm good at it i'm just saying now i put it out there that's you know, awesome. Now I feel comfortable putting it out there. Yeah. And I wonder how you're feeling, like the story that you wrote or you're working or stories that you're working on. You think that's going to be something you're going to put out? There? I mean, the story I wrote, I knew was uh, was very much a rough draft yeah. and, and needs work and, and revision. But I mean, I literally wrote it and was so excited about it. I emailed somebody at Vice and somebody at BuzzFeed to see if they would publish it. Oh, cool. Because it's important. It's yeah. like uh, to like get this kind of like art is just so powerful Mm -hmm. it's such a powerful medium and and to me it's like the possibly the only chance that we really have to combat like the fucking media conglomerates yeah you know what i mean it's like we the people like actually we the people out here like doing the thing yeah yeah well and you are doing it i mean that's there's your activism and and do you have other things other outlets that you use in terms of being able to to make that difference besides your music because in my mind, your music would be plenty, you know. Right, but right. Uh, so uh, some years ago, I think three years ago now, um, I, my friend Erica Libero and I were activism partners. We, like, literally joined forces and we're like, we want to change some shit in this town. Yeah. Like, and uh, so we, we did some very, like, boots on the ground type stuff. Mm-hmm. And when the disarmers started blowing up and we started hitting the road, like, 130, 140 days a year, um, I talked to her about it and I was just like, dude, I just, I don't have time. And, and I mean, I went through like probably a two day, just like depression, just realizing that I was not going to be able to commit the amount of time to that as I was. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, dude, what you're doing is activism. You you're go. a woman fronting an outlaw country band that's having success. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're doing it. You're mm-hmm. so like do that because that's equally important. Well, yeah, that that itself, the the songs that you write, the, I mean, the fact that you, the way you use pronouns in your songs, the fact, I mean, everything about it, you know, it's just, it is very, that's there, there it is. There's the difference that you can make, and that's huge. Yeah, you know? and it's got to be fun, and that's that's what so many people that are working really, really hard to affect change, 
-hmm. and like I respect their work and I respect what they're doing but they forget that you have to make it fun and it has to be playful mm -hmm. and like every time I'm on stage and I sing a song about a woman like it's like because it is gentle and it's not <laughs> yeah. it's not in your face like right. angry hollering about stuff right it's gentle and quiet and like an appeal to someone to think about something differently that's great because so often it can get too serious and then and then you alienate somebody exactly who may otherwise have been open and listening exactly you know i think about my father's generation like if you're playful with that that makes him stop and think if you're not then it becomes an us versus them kind oh of yeah when, uh, when House Bill 2, the infamous bathroom bill, right. passed in North Carolina, um, I happened to see some post my mom made about it on Facebook that was just so backwards. Mm -hmm. And so instead of like getting in her comments and like being crazy about it, mm -hmm. um, I sent her a, a private message and I was just like, Mom, here's what I'm going to do. Okay, I'm going to send you some photos of some people and I want you to tell me what bathroom they belong in. Whoa. And so I sent her like three photos of trans women and I was like, what bathroom do they belong in? She's like, the women's room. And I was like, yeah, mom, they're women. They are. <laughs> right, like, right, they right, are. Right, right, and and right. Uh, so I just, yeah, we, it, it just, it changed her. Like she, yeah. like she was just like, I see it. Like, yeah. oh my God. And I was like, yeah, you can't, you got to stop watching the news, man. <laughs> like <laughs> right. get around some real people. Right, right. Um, what, uh, what are you, you, you got that book that you're reading now. Um, what else are you consuming art-wise? Music, uh, films, whatever. Um, I'm listening to a lot of... Um, I've been listening to the Black Angels for about two mm -hmm. years now. Mm -hmm. And every damn album they have put out is just so good in its own way. It's unique, but it's still cohesive. Um, and when we played Austin, I guess it was like a week or so ago... Um, the drummer for the Black Angels sent me an Instagram message and she's like, I'm coming to your show tonight and bringing a friend. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I was like, what is, what is this? And I met her after the show and she's, she's like just a very down to earth human sure. being. And right, right, so of right. course we got along super well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that was just so cool. And, um, just somebody that like you admire their work so much. Yeah. And, uh, it was, it was a really cool feeling. That's um, funny because you were just talking about that. The fact that it's just, you know <laughs> yes, you're a human. Yes. You did the same thing to her. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I know. I was like, oh my god. And it's funny because I turned uh, our bassist Aaron Oliva onto the Black Angels. He plays them almost every time it's his turn to drive. Yeah. And uh, so so like he and I were just like giggling like some school kids. We That's were just great. like, oh my god, this is so great. Yeah, I love that. I love that feeling when you meet somebody like that that you've been listening to them for a long time and yes, and then they end up being cool. Yes, <laughs> and they're almost. In fact, in my experience, <laughs> every one of them has been super cool. Because they get it. <laughs> yes. yes, exactly. You know? Yeah, I can't think of a meeting a hero that I've been like, that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That guy sucks. <laughs> uh, anything else? Um, any, uh, anything else you're listening to or uh, watching or whatever? Yes. Um, let's see. So I, I consume music in a very weird way. Mm. I'm very obsessive. Mm -hmm. um, and the Black Angels are actually kind of the exception to the way I do things because usually I just find a song and I just obsess on it. There's just mm -hmm. like it has a quality to it that's like it doesn't even matter what genre it is, mm -hmm. but it has this thing. Yeah. And I'm just like this. And I'll listen. I'll listen to the same song like 30 times a day for days. Mm -hmm. um, 
and the black angels was the first band that i was like i want to hear everything they've ever done like like i want to hear it all um but there is a band out of chicago called camp dogs Mm -hmm. it's c-a-m-p-d-o-g-z-z all one word all right and when I was a bartender at this little venue, Dirty Dive Bar in uh, Chapel Hill, North Carolina, called The Cave, um, I was bartending on the night they came through. And it was a weeknight. So weeknights at this place, it's so small. It's a 75-cap room, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, when it's a weeknight and there's not, like, a huge show, you're by yourself. So you're the door person. You're the sound tech. You're the bartender. You're oh, the wow. bouncer. Mm-hmm. Like, all the things. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was just this quiet, sleepy little night in Chapel Hill and Camp Dogs came through and played. And I was like, I want to know you people. Mm. And because one of the things that really drew them to me was before they even set on sta- set foot on stage and started sound checking or playing anything, they sat at a table together and I watched the way they interacted with each other. And I was like, this is how my band interacts with each other. We are like family uh-huh. and like we look out for each other and we tease each other. And we make each other laugh and like... Right. We esteem each other. You know, we hold each other in high esteem. Yeah. And um, so then I heard them play. And I I mean, I'd probably listened to their album, I mean, a couple hundred times, their first album. And they just released another album, um, I think mid to late 2018. Uh, and the, the f- I think it's the second song on the album. They, they're so, they're so, um, they just do things in this really cool way. So their mm. first album, the first song, the lead singer doesn't even sing on somebody else in the band sings on. So you got a male vocal on the first track and then the whole rest of the album is uh, Jess singing. Wow. And, um, and it's so, it's so, it's just like, that's so backwards to the way the industry would want you to do things. Yeah. And it's like a wink almost. It's like, uh, no, we do things our way, uh-huh, you know? And uh-huh. I respect that so much. And, um, so, um, yeah, Camp Dogs has this song called Souvenir uh-huh. and it's, it's just great. It's just so good. And I mean, I've, listen to it so many times and then I'll take a break for like a week and I'll be like, God, I got to hear it again. I just mm. got to, it's so good. Like the, there's a quality to it. She has a very unique voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is a master of nuance and she knows when she needs to be loud and when she needs to be quiet. And like, she has got that shit on lockdown. Dope. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. That is really exciting. I can't wait to dig into that. Yeah. Especially from that. You got to tell me what you think when yeah, you listen I will. to no, it. I yeah. definitely will. I definitely <laughs> will. That is so fun. So I don't want to take any more of your time. I'm so grateful for it. Thank you so much for this conversation. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's, awesome. it's been wonderful. Thank you. Hell Thank yeah. You. Cheers. Cheers. shook y'all thank you so much sarah you are an inspiration and i'm so grateful for your time folks the song that you heard at the beginning of the show is good as gold off of her record years and the one you're hearing now is the title track from that same album 
but I recommend that you go out and get all things Sarah Shook, and you can find that at disarmors.com. Sarah's also an excellent follow on Instagram, at Sarah Shook's Disarmors. Speaking of social media, give us a follow if you haven't already. We're pretty active on Twitter and Instagram. Just search Marinade Podcast, and you'll find us. Also, if you're interested, follow us on Patreon. Patreon's a, a place where you can connect a little bit more deeply with our Marinade community. And for just a few bucks, you can get exclusive updates about the show. Um, Patreon only, our Patreon-only show, Jason's Journey as well, where I open up about the moments that have shaped my creative life. The most recent one that I recorded is actually about the experience interviewing Sarah. So it's almost like an inside the episode kind of situation. And then also we have a cool live kind of um, episode that I'm going to be recording semi-regularly about these episodes coming up very soon. So I'll, I'll first announce that there. And I always release things to them um, ahead of time as much as possible. It's a cool community where you can connect a little bit deeper and get to know us a little bit better. So if you can swing it, we appreciate it. Uh, the free thing that I'd, love, I'd love, really love for all of you to do is just go onto your app and rate us. It means a lot to us, and it's a piece of cake for you. So if you like what we're doing, give us five stars over there. Really appreciate it. You can also head on over to marinadepodcast.com. We can buy a hat. You can now buy a shirt because our shirts are going to be available coming up very, very soon, just tomorrow, actually. We just got the kind of test pressing today, and I'm super stoked about that. So check us out at marinadepodcast.com where you can also find website exclusive episodes that don't make sense as feature episodes but are still amazing conversations nonetheless if you can't get enough marinade there's always more all right y'all it's time for what i'm getting down on our regular segment where i share the music the books the articles the films whatever art has my attention or is inspiring me at the moment i've been listening to kevin gordon's Gloryland which was recommended to me by Amy McCarley, who I spoke with over the phone for a website-exclusive episode on marinadepodcast.com. Wonderful conversation. Amy also just released an incredible record called Miko, and she recommended Kevin's music. She's right. I fucking dig Kevin Gordon. Um, I'm also rediscovering Casey Anderson's Nowhere Nights. Casey's a good friend of the show and one of my favorite all-time songwriters, and he has a, a crowdfunding deal up on his band camp where you can help with the recording of the sequel to nowhere nights hell i'm tempted to start my own crowdfunding so i can get a piece of the songwriting lessons that he's offering as a perk those are the two things that i've been listening to a lot recently i've also been reading neil gaiman's norse mythology and really enjoying it gaiman's one of my all-time favorite storytellers and the tales of the norse gods are almost too good to be true when they're in such able hands it's almost too much of a good thing i can't put it down and i love just that escape of mythological fantasy super super fun i was listening to a podcast i can recommend and that's uh disgraceland it's these crazy stories rock and roll stories and it's really well done uh the one i was listening to is the story of gg allen if, if you're not familiar with gg allen look that shit up just unbelievable um, but it's a great, really cool podcast, uh, Disgraceland. So I recommend that in that particular episode on G.G. Allen. And I haven't really been watching a whole lot new. Still pretty into True Detective. As always, I'm digging uh, Pete Holmes' Crashing. And then uh, his podcast as well, You Made It Weird. Um, but I have been trying to take in as much live music as possible. And I had a wonderful night of live music and fellowship 
when uh, when I went to Hannah Harbor from Aunt episode 18 and our good friend, her album release party, several marinade guests and friends were in attendance and the vibe was just incredible and just few people command a room like Hannah Harbor. Her songs and her presence are infectious, so hopefully she gets to your town sometime soon. But uh, until then, go ahead and check out her record, Long Time Coming, which I've mentioned before and I can't say enough about. Thank you all so much for listening. Our next episode will be a little bit different. We're going to do some some live recordings. We've got some really cool guests lined up for this weekend at the Rockin' Robinson Festival here in Orlando. And then we'll return to regular programming just like this episode and so many others come March. I really appreciate y'all. Thank you so much for your time, your support, your love, and your energy. Until next time, cheers, y'all.